Hey, welcome back to Beards and Brews, and happy Halloween. If you haven't already, be sure to hit those subscribe and follow buttons wherever you're listening. Not only does it help us out, but you'll know exactly when we have another one brewing. We're going to wrap up this little spooky treat with the last movie in our block, and that's going to be 30 Days a Night. Man, oh man, if you want to call it 30 Days a Night, we could call it one of two things. We could go with Blood Puddle, the movie, or perhaps Anthony Bourdain's newest episode of No Reservations, where he actually tries human flesh. Leave my boy Danny Houston out of this. He is a gem. I mean, the guy is so good, he's credited twice on the wiki page. He deserves it. (laughs) Does he? Yeah, it's at the top and bottom for some reason. (laughs) He's just... Nunchuck, the Chala Chuck Norris. Oh, Lord, (laughs) man. all he does. Oh. We'll definitely talk about the weird language that they use. Spoilers, there's vampires. But, man, 30 Days a Night, when I was watching it, just like the overall feeling, I didn't feel like the title was a description of the plot, but like the runtime. Yeah. <laughs> it, it felt like 30 days, except in the actual movie, it was supposed to take place over 30 days, and it really just kind of felt like, um, I don't know, 26 hours. <laughs> yeah. Dude. If you would take 20, 25 minutes out of this movie, I think it would be a lot tighter and a lot more fun. I don't think it could be a gym by any means. I think it could be a staple in your rotation, though. Maybe. Maybe so. But, like, this movie's kind of stuck in the early 2000s. Like, it just feels like a movie from the turn of the century. And it has that, like, weird post-scream feel, like, where it's trying to regain control of the horror genre. And it just comes off like the filmmaker's thought this was way more important than it actually was yeah um i actually saw this movie in theaters twice a few of my friends back in the day were really excited for it they were really into the graphic novels i didn't know anything about it but i went and saw it twice with them and i was just like oh eh? i was like so what'd you think of it the first time uh it's, it's okay what about the second time uh it's okay yeah, like, they seem to really enjoy it, and, you know, I wanted it, that's why I suggested it for the cast, I wanted to give this movie a second shot, I hadn't seen it in however long it's been, since 2007, I wanted to give it a second shot, and it still stinks. <laughs> it stinks. It stinks, yes. I won't say it stinks. But I will say there is a lot of errors done through this movie. They actually can build suspense here and there, but they keep tending to ruin it with all this bullshit filler. I don't know if I can agree with you. I didn't feel any suspense. I'm not saying that sarcastically, like, you know, I hate this movie. It's just this weird dissonance between the movie wanting to have a slow burn and abrupt action. But there's no character development, so there's no stakes. So when that happens, it just kind of sucks. Like, my biggest gripe with this movie is that it's actually pretty boring. And it's boring not because nothing happens, but because there is always something happening and you're never given an opportunity to breathe. It's just all, oh, another person died. Oh, another person died. Oh, he drank another bitch. Oh. (laughs) Plot-wise, there isn't anything there to fill this space and that's what makes it i think the hardest but at the same time you have people putting in performances unfortunately that i think are amazing for this movie and it's like why are you wasting all that for this so who in particular would you call out as good because joss hartnett was just completely absent from this fucking movie i like it's been a long time since i saw a guy with the face 
of an A-lister, but the acting skills of fucking Kathy Griffin. He was so miscast in this. The hundred percent. Yes, I got to give it up for is my man Ben Foster. Uh, I think he does an amazing job as this little savage Renfield character, and it seems like such yeah, it seems like such a good performance to be turned in when everything else around you is just visually, audibly, all that C-list. He definitely gives me, like, uh, the Renfield vibes. He gives me vibes of, like, Sam Rockwell in The Green Mile. Oh, yeah, Just, like, this wild, heathen prisoner guy. Dropping the N-word. Yeah, I I feel you. But, like, you're talking about about the uh, the homeless-looking guy that comes into town wanting meat. So, one of my biggest gripes about this movie is there's, like, these little blips of, like, the movie achieving what it actually wants to and to be that more upward and onward kind of movie and this is one of them so like whoever the cinematographer was focused on this fella and when he's by himself and just framed i'm just like this guy is trouble like this guy is up to something i want to see more with this guy especially in a little bit because like he goes into that diner makes a ruckus and they arrest him so he's like in this holding cell for the rest of his runtime and every time he's just alone in the cell they shoot it like he's like some fucking serial killer it's actually really good what actually does he get locked up for? Um, just being like, a dick. Is that yes. against the law in this in this country? Uh, it's just Josh Hardent. That's just how he polices. Like he just he citationed the guy from Vampires. He gets cut in half vertically just because there's a little schmutz on the ground. It's like not in my town. Am I being detained? Am I being detained? <laughs> <laughs> oh. No, but yeah, he's fucking just writing citations for everything. He's like, oh, my engine blew up. He's like, I know we've been friends since I was 13, but got to write you a ticket because I'm that guy. I got to yeah. let him know he belongs in this city. That's such a the most dickish thing. I don't know why. I'm just like, fuck that guy. The uh, guy that he's talking to, the guy that I believe I have written down as um, Grizzly Adams. So they... <laughs> yeah, like... that's the guy who was in John Carpenter's Vampires, who was cut in half vertically yeah he's just like well i'll add it to the collection i hate being reminded that i'm in society home home and i'm reminding him that i don't give a fuck he just drives away music blasting the plot is just it's very fucking small the meat and potatoes this movie is like what 10 minutes it's getting dark because it's alaska vampires are going to come out and get you what are we going to do Hilarity ensues. <laughs> Hilarity, yeah. I like how it just turned into like a 90s rom-com. Yeah, yeah, for all you geography buffs out there, this takes place in Barrow, Alaska, the northernmost town in the United States, maybe North America, I don't know. And once the sun goes down, it stays there for, in this movie at least, 30 days. And that's when vampires come out because, you know, there's no sun to kill them. There goes the sun. do 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 Go grab the guns. <laughs> um, oh. And I don't really know if the, I don't remember if this was covered in the movie, but I remember some friends explaining it to me back in the day that these vampires, at least as far as the graphic novels go, they already chewed through all the people in Siberia, hopped across the, the Aleutians via Sarah Palin's front yard, and uh. now they're on to Barrow, Alaska. Well, moving on up or south or something, but they, they roll in the town. I'm really glad you brought up there from Siberia because, one, the movie makes zero mention of this. So they roll in the town with some just fucking hieroglyphic language, and I'm just like, this is a serious movie? Question mark. 
Yeah, it's weird because it's almost like they're reciting the same little things like T'Challa, mm-hmm. something, Chun Chuck, and then Chuck Norris. And I swear <laughs> to God, you can hear them say that. And that's what threw me off so bad. I can hear their gibberish. That is not Russian of any sort. It's just gibberish. Yeah. Yeah, but like it doesn't it feel pompous though because like the movie's not even subtitled or anything. They just like <laughs> it's just like what can make these more interesting? Oh, a language that nobody understands and we'll show them talking and conversing, making points that we can't fucking follow. <laughs> <laughs> to me it's uh it sounds like them saying Kamchatka, you know, like the space on the risk board. It's also a peninsula, <laughs> but like everybody knows it as a space on the risk board. Let's get real. But it sounds like they're just saying that with a handful of clicks thrown in every once in a while. Oh, you you got to remember the scroll. <laughs> the best comic timing because thing would happen shot of leader being menacing shot of follower it's just like, what? <laughs> they're also part bird these vampires Dude, are part yeah. bat. they're part bird they're part something because mm-hmm. i don't know what the movie's trying to tell me again because like of course they're vampires but they're human or they're people humanoid rather so it's just like it couldn't make up its mind how feral they wanted these vampires to be because, like, on one moment they seem savage but kind of classy, and then the next they're on all fours, romping like a wolf through the snow. I'm just like, which is it? They don't even seem like vampires. It's just zombie movie. They are acting like every fucking 2000 zombie movie, like or 28 Days Later, all that shit. And yeah. and as soon as you see them drop to all fours and start just eating people by shaking their head Baraka style oh, yeah. on one's neck. See, that's what I'm saying. Like, they made this decision to make him seem more visceral, you know, by adding the animalistic characteristic. But, man, it's just goofy. It's just goofy. Like, every time they bit somebody, they're like, Rawr! I just laughed. <laughs> yeah. But not to mention, they're wearing, like, business attire. It's yes. fucking ridiculous. It just can't make up its mind. It's, it's nuts. Yeah, no matter what uh, Danny Houston is in no matter what time frame he is supposed to be in, he's always pretty much wearing this kind of like like a black overcoat and like a dirty pair of pants. It, it looks like an episode of Peaky Blinders done infected with zombies. That's oh all it God. is. That it's checks a out, actually. Killian Murphy. You just need that one guy with the paper boy hat. <laughs> so anyways, with all these vampires running around, there's only like a few people left in the city. They gotta hunker down somewhere. But for some reason... This cataclysmic event just doesn't seem like it affects anybody that much. Like, they're kind of, like, sketched. But, like, when they're getting together and just trying to, like, talk this out into a plan, they're just like, okay, this could be worse. <laughs> well, like, when the, right. when the shit starts actually happening, like, they talk about it. But nobody's really... Like, when the guy discovers that his ten sled dogs have all been massacred, he's just like, well, man, who could have done this? You need to show a little bit more emotion than that, right? No. No. Right? No. no. Just like the people, whenever they found Gary's fucking headset in the muffin monster, he's just like, <laughs> I mean, it must have ground him up, but I mean, what are you going to do about it? Shrug. Same goddamn thing, find, fully exposed. Or when they find the one guy's head, just his head on a fucking stake. Yeah. It's just like, well, damn, we might be in trouble. <laughs> Well, the thing is, it was such a traumatic experience that Josh Hartlett, he just defaulted to his most basic acting skill, and it's just smell the fart. (laughs) No, that's him smelling grandma's ganja. Uh, (laughs) 
before we discover that there are vampires even, we start coming through all these little things. Like we mentioned, the dogs are dead. And then this one guy, his helicopter gets all chopped up or something <laughs> happens to it. Everybody's cutting off their the resources, their ways to get away. The sled dogs are gone. You know, the I don't know. This guy's still got his uh, bulldozer with a chainsaw attachment. So thank yeah. God for that. That's not going to come back or anything. Like, I kind of wish he was a little bit more crazy. You know, like, the phones are dead. The dogs are dead. The goddamn helicopter's dead. We need to get the fuck out of here. What's even worse is alcohol is banned for a whole month. This could have been an opportunity for this to be just a weed vampire horror movie. Just the fuck with it. Who cares? 420 days a night. Doesn't matter. Yes. Something like that. Instead, we get a very classy scene of two, what what do you think they are? Oil workers or something? They work at a plant, maybe where the muffin muncher is. But they walk up with a young lady, and she's like, which one of you boys is going to take me home? I have never seen in my life, in any other film, a game of rock, paper, pussy. (laughs) Yeah, it's, it's like she has no say in it. It's just like, well, let's... Let's fight it out. Let's see who's going to get to bang her tonight. And she's just well, like, yeah, work it out amongst yourself. Well, the plot twist is really that it's both of them. Yeah, it, one yeah. of them's like, well, we can take turns. <laughs> Have you been to France? <laughs> no. Well, let me show you the Eiffel Tower. Oh. oh. <laughs> if we haven't mentioned it, there's a second, I guess, almost lead to go alongside Josh Hartnett. It's his ex wife i don't they're separated and i don't know it's all very twister they're separated they get back together there's a disaster yeah nice yeah uh, it doesn't matter but she's like the blonde that shouldn't be here but she is yeah and she's putting in effort question mark as well because there's supposed to be like this weird dissonance between joss hartnett and her you know maybe star-crossed lovers got married didn't work out but there's just nothing there's just not a fucking thing that's the only way I can no. explain it, because, like, they're supposed to be, like, this rough-around-the-edges relationship, but, like, when they have to get together to actually do something to survive, they're just on board. Seems like they yeah. are very... they're friends. They are close friends. It never gives you the vibe of a relationship that would have been the, I guess, magnitude that Josh Hartnett is alluding it to be. Yeah. He's willing to put himself through hell and back throughout this entire film, basically to get cucked at the end at a local barbecue. Bro, what? Oh, that was real rough. And I bet he smelled awful. <laughs> well, I mean... He's like, oh, he's in my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know even how much of this plot that we need to talk about. Like, I mentioned it. plot. It's really thin. You're right, because it's literally them hunkered down for, let's see, 30 days of night. Yeah, with time jumps. It, yeah, weird. Yeah, fun. it's also kind of weird that like the movie's way of telling you that time is progressing is just how slightly more hair is on Josh Hartnett's face. Oh man. Yeah, if the title of the movie was not Thirty Days of Night," I would have thought that this movie took place over like one night. Yeah, there's just like no feeling that any time has passed, and it's so inconsistent on how many people they show in the party at one time without reasoning for why they aren't there. There's a scene uh, where they're hunkered down in one particular house, and old grandpa, he's like, I'm going to get out of here. And Oh, yeah. <laughs> he fucking does. He's like, I'm out of here, kid. And, and you just never see him again, by the way. I just realized that. Well, not only that, but there are eight 
to 10 people in this one fucking attic, three of which are adult males who have been shown to take guard positions. They make sure that you know that this is what they do. The old man escapes out of the room and nobody wakes up because as it pans around, it only shows like three fucking people. So what happened to the other five? Um, Dysentery? Oh man, I was thinking diarrhea too. Damn, dude. Nice. nice. <laughs> but yeah, the old man, and he's kind of a like a senile old man, right? He's at least bordering on it. He slips downstairs and he's like, I gotta get the fuck out of here or else I'm gonna <laughs> die. Okay, okay, I don't have to go. I don't have to go. I don't have to go oh, through the no. door. Can I just like take a dump real quick? I just, I got, I got poop. All right, like, but don't come flush. On. Don't flush. I just realized that it wasn't him trying to get out of the house. But to escape the movie. Good choice on <laughs> it's his like, part. I'm going to fucking die. <laughs> I'm going to get my Saturn award. Yeah. I can't be on here with all those fucking Rasputins out there. That's a wily Russian, isn't it? It's, I don't know what I'm saying. I've got old Rasputin. It's from North Coast <laughs> Brewing Company. It's a Russian Imperial Stout. It's 9%. I don't know how I'm going to fucking tie it to this movie, but here it is. And there it was. You did it. So this is a Russian Imperial Stout. It is strong. It is roasty. There's a little bit of sweetness in here, but mostly it's just like smooth, strong, dark, roasty, a little coffee, a little chocolate, but like it's super well balanced all over the place. This is an incredible beer. I've had it many times before, but I keep coming back to it. Old Rasputin, thumbs up. On a scale of one to scrap, where do you rate this beer? I give it a full-on kamchaka. <laughs> Fuck, dude, that's golden. <laughs> but what's not golden is, uh, unfortunately, the rest of this movie, because it can't decide whether or not to be a slow-burning thriller or a fucking hardcore gory horror movie. Okay. There is one thing in here that we'll get to later that is probably gold, but it's surrounded by a whole lot of poop. <laughs> no, no, I know exactly what you're talking about, because I was like, Ah, and then I was like, what? And then the movie was over. Yeah. Yeah, that sounds about right. But I do want to discuss what makes it good. And that's the fucking gore and the the insane action moments. This is where I thought the movie shined. The rest of it, you could throw it in that fucking muffin muncher and it wouldn't make a difference. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely one of my grapes because like I said, they're like little blips, little moments in there, little nuggets that don't belong in this movie. And one of them it just happens to be the insanely violent ways to kill these fucking vampires. Oh my god, yes. Chandler, you said it earlier in the cast. There is a chainsaw truck. <laughs> it's literally like a fucking backhoe tractor with a fucking chainsaw the size of a small sedan strapped to the front of it. And Yeah, I'm, I'm not too well versed in like industrial mechanics, but what would you even use that for? Maybe that guy at the beginning was, like, really onto something. He was, like, really rushing to kill those fucking vampires before they hit the town. Some stupid bitch on the way to the airport ruined everything. <laughs> she shouldn't even have been oh. there. She, do she, she doesn't even go to this school. <laughs> she doesn't even go here. Now, we get this chainsaw tractor scene. They're hunkered down. One of the guys, the one that you called Grizzly Adams, which I think is fucking wonderful. He gets inside this tractor and he's like, you know, it's about family. I'm going to go and sacrifice myself. It's my turn. Stallone. Fuck it. You're, you're, saying, you're saying Stallone, but all I'm seeing is uh, Randy Quaid from uh, 
in Independence, Independence Day, Day. he's like, oh, okay. I'm back. And then he goes right into the space anus every time. <laughs> Just driving that chainsaw up there into the space anus. <laughs> Why did we get this movie? Why not the Randy Quaid one? <laughs> feel like and we get this a lot but i feel like there's a whole lot of people in this movie that they really wanted to cast as somebody else but they were like nope turned us down the some producer just slammed the script on the table like we cannot have 30 quades of night <laughs> oh my god the ship crashes and he just comes off he's like chuck chuck north just roaming around <laughs> oh man i missed we- that movie and it doesn't even exist can we get really turn into a vampire, but a vampire that only speaks in this like ancient, archaic Russian click language? Can we get that, please? With a southern accent, though. That's also something oh, yeah. that percolated through the movie. Like the actors and actresses didn't know what region to do. Sometimes, oh, like for, they're like in bumfuck Alaska somewhere, but they had like this really southern specific accent. Sometimes, yeah. The uh, one guy, the prisoner guy with the bad teeth the stranger that's his name he was speaking like fucking emerald lagasse or something (laughs) (laughs) like how did he get there what are you doing i don't know see his mouth he might just use his teeth he's got all them teeth and no toothbrush oh he's so angry (laughs) he was like i'm trying to get some beef where's the beef that's what he's Uh, asking for he wanted some ground like ground raw meat or something and i is that he's not a vampire what does he want oh he was trying to be cool that's what it was exactly he, look how edgy i am raw beef mm. oh, well the main guy's like fucking poser and just got him yeah it does it be <laughs> like that though it does feel like that guy was the kind of person that has the tattoo that says no regerts so it's pretty no good raggerts. no regerts all right before I forget, though, the chainsaw truck, this scene deserves more love. All right. The guy from the fur trapper from Grizzly 2 crawls into this thing, runs in the middle of town. And literally, we get amazing ways, like you mentioned just a moment ago, of how to kill a vampire. And he's fucking doing this badass spinning 360 shit with the blade turned sideways, chopping into vampires. And then one's about to jump on him. He kicks the door when he nails it with a shotgun. Oh Where yeah. Has this been for the last fucking hour. This is what the whole goddamn movie should have been. He's got the, the bear traps on the back too, just in case that was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He, this was like a really cool thing. Another nugget that belongs in another movie. Where'd it come from? I don't know. <laughs> there there are. There are just like a few little nuggets of gold, but it's it's like a turd sandwich. That's what this <laughs> is. There are a couple little nuggets of gold just kind of sprinkled without. Um, but if we haven't gone over it really, the plot of this movie is the plot of The Walking Dead over the last like seven seasons. They get to a place, shit gets rough, they gotta find another place. Shit gets rough somewhere along the way. They're not going to make it. Uh, a few make it. A few don't. That's this whole movie just compressed down into like two hours. But not Glenn. Damn yeah. Damn you, Glenn. You got the ball bats. <laughs> okay. So we but- got Negan getting some cool kills. I want to talk about the real star of this movie. And that's the fucking fire axe. Oh, yeah. He makes a lovely appearance. Because like, uh, all right, just skip ahead, whatever. They're doing some stuff. They 
experiment with UV light that goes absolutely nowhere. And they wind oh, yeah, up in the... From, from Grandma's uh, grow room. She yeah. She has cancer and wants to grow... Yeah. It doesn't matter. 420. Yeah. Bitch is dead anyway. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> yeah, long story short, a lot of stuff happens that doesn't matter. They go to the fucking Muffin Muncher place. It's like this big grindy thing that you see. I think it was in a Bond movie once. I'm going to get ground up. Dead matter. So, fucking not Christian Bale falls into the dumb thing. Gets his hand all eat it off. And he's like, oh, it fucking hurts. This is awful. I don't want to do this again. But then he just starts screaming. I don't want to say indiscriminately, but, you know, the little kid probably didn't deserve to hear that. And the solution that they come up with on the spot to take a huge fucking fire axe off the wall and hack this man's head off in multiple swings. This was the best part of the movie. This is what I was talking about. Easily the best part of the movie. And it's all of like 15 seconds. And it's so fucking brutal. And it's so removed from the rest of the movie. I was legitimately concerned about a character's mental health that I didn't even know the name of. Uh, across four lines in this, in my notes, I wrote brutal and underlined it several times. This is fucking brutal. Every time he swings the axe, you get so much audible feedback from the movie itself. You can hear Hartnett's coat ruffle. You can hear him go, Ugh. and then you can hear the fucking meat. And then you can hear the steel on steel as he hacks through the flesh into the steel backdrop. And with each whack, they let you see the axe hit this fucking dummy. And it's splitting it further each time. And it looks fucking gnarly. It is visceral. Yes. And then the movie forgets it ever fucking happened. Yeah, like, this character didn't matter. And he's like, he was he was a good guy, right? He was a part of, like, the, the yeah. crew. He wasn't, like, a vampire. No, he was definitely B-tier. But, you know, that's what you do. You just chop some fucking heads off. Because that's where this movie needed to be. Yeah, I think this is the part, after two whole hours, the movie's like, you know what? Let's movie. Because then Josh Hartnett has the great idea. It's like, you know what? The whole light thing didn't work out, so I'm going to inject vampiric heroin into my veins. That'll work out. This is a decision. They made a decision to do this. He says, I can't beat him like this, and it's just me because y'all suck. I'm going to juice up real quick and go (laughs) hulk out on these fools. And he fucking shoots up some vampire blood, walks outside with his hood up, like, <laughs> all fucking beast man psyched yeah. up. But then he immediately gets his shit pushed in. He does. He's like, oh, I got you with a cheap shot because I had my hood up and you didn't know I was like Josh Hartnett's. But then <laughs> vampire dude's like, ah, you ain't got shit. We're all going to cut you up. And Bruh. then he gets psychic love. And that's enough to fucking help him charge up what? So, okay, let me get this straight. He injects vampire blood into his arm so that he can get some of this vampire strength, but he will eventually become a vampire, right? Correct. But before he he goes full vampire, he needs to, like, fist fight these guys, or at least the main one. Um, This movie has to be two hours exactly. I feel like he really could have just, like, gone out there with that same axe and would have had a better (laughs) shot. Instead, yeah. he just goes out, like, with his bare hands. No, 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 no. That axe was completely out of ammo. He forgot to reload. But he doesn't he want to be over-encumbered. <laughs> oh, it was like he can have plus two to stealth if he leaves the axe. So that was his main goal, just get up close. Well, the other guy uses Vath, and he cripples his hand immediately. And his retort is probably the hardest I've laughed in a good while. 
because for no discernible reason, no foreshadowing whatsoever, he just takes his mitt, his one working mitt, and then he punches through a guy's mouth, blowing out the back of his head. Uh, he's a big no, 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 hey, fellas. What? <laughs> I mean, no, Danny Houston, he's a big fan of Cardi B. He's been listening to that WAP this whole time. Says, I want you to touch that little dangly thing that's swinging the back of my throat. And he did. That's such a huge stretch. I'm going to have to allow it. Thank you. <laughs> he fucking blew this man's shit out the back of his head. He did. It is, dude, it, it looks no. awful. No, no, no. Not only does it look bad, but I had the mightiest giggle, too. Because, like, when his crew saw what happened, they was like, yeah, I don't want none of that smoke. And they just peace out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, it's the kind of thing that if you saw that as a still image in a comic book, you would think it looks pretty cool. In a movie that looks like this, with this kind of budget and these kind of actors, it does not. Yeah, shot like Sin City, that could have been, like, a very meaningful shot. Shot like this, it was comically bad. <laughs> like, if it were black and white and that was Bruce Willis kicking the shit out of a yellow guy easy this embarrassing and yeah. this is it's also more embarrassing that the movie is like yep that's it we we killed the main one we let the others get away but that's fine that's fine the main guy and his girl they survived this is a, a feel-good moment yeah it, it fucking feels like this whole movie was told in a story and you got old grandpa by the fire being like and yep and that's when josh hartlett punched through a guy the end before we get to the end, and because the plot doesn't matter, there are two yeah. little things that I think are just flecks of golden in this sea of horseshit that I want to bring <laughs> up. Okay? One, there's a line that I remember from the trailer way back in the day, and I think this is cool. I think this is really cool. When Danny Houston is first sort of, like, trying to use one of these girls as bait, and he's threatening to, like, kill or eat her or whatever... She's just, like, whimpering, like, oh, please, God, somebody help me. Okay, his delivery on this next line is solid. He says, God. Looks around. He's looking up in the air. No, God. That's a fucking killer line. It's like, no one can save you. I'm about to drink this whole bitch. <laughs> but then he goes about the Russian click. And it's just like, okay, that was... You had your one moment. Yeah, that's the only words of English that he speaks during the whole film, as far as I can remember. The other part that I... Okay, this isn't gold. This is just so shit that it comes back around and becomes gold. <laughs> All right, that's what I'm saying here. The little girl, when they get to this, like, convenience oh, yeah. or whatever it is, you start to hear, like, some lapping. And she just turns back around and says, I'm done playing with this one. You want to play with me now? <laughs> That's a great line followed up by a quick shot of the guy who just got eaten with the face that says, no, you don't want none of this. This is this falls into the so bad it's good category. This is quintessential like 80s schlock fucking camp. Uh, That's what with, that is right there. It's up there with pancakes, girl, huh? <laughs> what? I'll send that link to you later. Don't worry. Okay. All right. I just I just couldn't get through this whole review without talking about those two things. Well, He's also little... immediately decapitated. 
Oh, yeah. Josh Hartnett comes in swinging that axe like a baseball bat. That's his move, though. That's his move. He's the head yeah. removal Swing machine. Away. Swing away, Josh. And he is bad at swinging, too. Like, uh, that's his move, but he is he's not going to the majors anytime soon, I'll tell you that. Well, neither is this movie, because it wraps up in a real <laughs> hurry. Josh Hartnett gets burnt to a quisp, and then credits. The movie is... Oh, man, it tried really hard to get me to feel anything, like, right at the end. They had the sunrise and everything. The ending just has the two protagonists just embracing each other as Josh Hartnett sees the sunrise as he turns to dust. Was it worth it? Was it? Was it? (laughs) I'm unfortunately a fan of this movie. I think it's got enough to keep me interested. Not, mind you, sitting down and watching it through, but this is a movie that I like to throw on and then you could just bullshit through the entirety of it and still like glance up here and there and catch something one of those old usa style movies so i enjoyed i mean it's not awful it's not terrible it's not like i hate this movie but the great joe bob briggs said the only sin that a movie can commit is that it would be boring and that's what this is yeah i agree as i said this movie is boring but boring because there's always something going on that may be why it's such a good put it on do something else you can look up every few moments and when you're looking up you're seeing something that might be kind of cool but as a whole film this movie kind of sucks end review (laughs) eject cassette well there you have it that was 30 days of night if you have strong feelings about the show or the movie leave in the comments below Make sure you hit the like and subscribe buttons. Be sure to hit that little bell icon dangling down there so you don't miss what we've got brewing up next. Get out there and follow us on social media. we got that Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, Reddit, and we're everywhere. Podcasts are available, including YouTube. So if you haven't given us a chance, give us one now. We're okay. We're kind of funny. And if you don't, we'll nunchuck T'Challa your Chuck Norris. <laughs>